Welcome to Harvest Time. Looking forward to a great visit today with a wonderful young couple that actually is older than what they look. They are young in spirit. I'm going to introduce them in just a moment. But before we do, I want to remind you this is the end of the month of April, and we're only talking two and a half weeks of school left uh, before our graduations here at Harvest. And that's a great time of year. That that light at the end of the tunnel is actually the end of the tunnel. And uh, we have had a hardworking staff and faculty that have given themselves this year. And I pray that um, uh, we finish out strong. This particular weekend, on Sunday morning, we will be uh, um, taking time to get back into the book of Galatians, the emphasis of faith alone, and the contrast between love and the law and the law cannot produce in us the works of the Spirit of God, but it can produce in us the Spirit of Christ and His fruit. And we'll be talking about the nine uh, characteristics that show up in a fruitful Christian life, how that works, what it looks like, and uh, I pray that you'd make that you'd make it with us at 10:30 Sunday morning, and as always at 9:30 an hour earlier. Many of our folks that come, they drop their kids off, their children off in the nursery uh, that is prepared and ready with wonderful people waiting for your babies, the children's ministry, the teen ministry, and a wide variety of opportunities that are. Bible fellowships uh, for adults, 9.30. You say, I don't know where to go, Pastor. It's a big campus. Show up in front of the auditorium. We've got a kiosk out there, really well-marked, friendly people. They can get you in your right places. And then Sunday night, we'll also take time on our family Bible hour, which actually we'll be having communion as a church body. And then this is the one Sunday night that we take each year in our annual business meeting. And we'll be talking about um, our budgets and approvals of that. We are an organization, uh, 501c3, uh, that we're under the auspices uh, legally of a GovGuam in the federal government. We operate within the bounds of that, but thankfully, organically, we're a church. And even if everything was taken away from us, we'd have to meet under a coconut tree. We could do it. And we're thankful for our church members here at Harvest Baptist Church. This week is a busy week for everyone. As always, our gathering on Wednesday night, Bible studies for the men every day, including Thursday with the ladies. Today we have the privilege to have a young couple, and that is Miss Bonnie and Andrew Dungan. I never get your last name <laughs> right. Say it so we all hear it. Dungan. Dungan. A little longer. D-O-N. D-O-N-G-O-N. Dungan. There you go. Now that is not an Irish name, so talk not to me where all. this comes from. Uh, this is a Filipino name. Actually, it's Dongon, and it's been Americanized. Dungan. I had a friend growing up. Her name was Donigan. I think that's where the Irish is mm. right donegan mm -hmm. so we got confused a lot there you go now um you didn't grow up in guam you didn't grow up in the philippines i don't believe no i grew up in michigan detroit area um, my parents came over to the states in 1985 i believe i was born in 87 born and raised in detroit and you're a Wolverine? You're a Detroit Pistons fan? Uh, I was a Pistons fan. There that was about go. it. I didn't follow the Lions at all. They weren't doing very well <laughs> when I was growing up, and I didn't follow the Tigers much because they weren't doing very well nobody, either. Nobody followed the Tigers back then. But Pistons and the Red Wings were fun to watch yeah, when they were doing well, absolutely. too. Absolutely. That Was that when, uh, the time of uh, Isaiah Thomas? Or it was, was after that. After I think that. 
I was two years old, I think, when they, oh, when they took it. Oh, boy. I just dated myself. Okay, I'm going to bring <laughs> that up, Andrew. And your lovely bride here, who um, is not Filipino. No. no. And you <laughs> both met here as teachers, but I'm going to get to that. So um, I want to talk a little bit, Bonnie, about where you were raised and how in the world did you come to Guam. Sure. Um, my parents were both raised in Illinois, and so that's where I was born, Southern Illinois. Um, but when I was in elementary school, we moved down to Tennessee, and that's where I spent most of my formative years you know, growing up there. Um, and then came out here through Bob Jones University, went there for a degree in education, um, and then came out here for a teaching position, same as Andrew. Although we didn't know each other in college, which was probably a good thing. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you came a year after? I can't remember. I came out 2011 in January. And when did you come? And I came July 2012. Okay, so you came after the fact. Yeah, yeah. A year and a half. Yeah. And you guys dated about a year, as I recall. Right? Uh, Not quite. Well, a little <laughs> under a year before we were engaged. And then yeah. when you got married, went back to Tennessee, got married. Yeah. Good Nothing to you. really wait for, so... Now, what was the attraction here? Both you both you teach here, but your interest, uh, Bonnie, is um, English in English, mm-hmm. and Andrew yours is with music, mm-hmm. and been at a long time and building the program. What was the draw here? To Guam. Well, to Guam was to the school, except for <laughs> each other. Yeah, to each other. Um, I think my group of friends, bunch of single people, and we would just hang out on. Sundays after church, and basically anytime new single people would come on island, we would just kind of extend a hand, and so I guess our paths crossed there. Yeah. Extended a hand, joined hands, and next you know, yeah. say I do. There it's we go. true. There, there we go. go. Now, what's your passion here, uh, Bonnie? Let's talk about English. You, you have a lot of students that are ESL. Yes, and I actually was not trained I wasn't trained or especially burdened for that avenue. Um, I was trained and just more naturally interested in um, literature and in writing, kind of with the assumption that, you know, my students would already know the rules. So that has been a twist on, I guess, what I thought I would be doing and, and you know, how I'd be teaching. But it has been good. It has greatly expanded um, my understanding of people of, you know, learning a second language, of functioning in a second language, just a a great respect for that. And I have learned um, how to work with those who are learning English as a second language, kind of learning as I go on that one. I see. And Andrew, you, using music, you've helped us develop a number of different um, disciplines within the uh, music area. What's your given... um, expertise um i'm the band director here and i work with beginning band middle school band and high school band um i also teach general music and then this year i started teaching um, a music class in the college hbbc um last semester i was working with the fifth years this year i'm working with the second years um and it's just kind of a basic music theory basic music understanding um with the goal of having them be able to read music so that when they go back to their islands um, you know, if they have a hymnal laying around, if there's a new song that they want to learn, that they want to teach their church, um, that they'll be able to do that. 
And the college students, uh, for those who might not know, for Harvest Baptist Bible College, we have around 75 students. They're resident students here. They have um, uh, working at a, a Bachelor of Arts, normally a four-year degree. We've pushed it into five years, not because of their intelligence, but we takes us the amount of time also to shape their character. They work for us. Um, they're very involved um, in service opportunities. But over that five-year period, we see great changes in their life and um, trying to give them some, some uh, disciplined, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here, Andrew, in relationship to music, as you mentioned, about reading music or just kind of the whys. It's not just, okay, the music comes out of their heart for sure, but there are disciplines that come with that. Oh, yeah, it's just, for, in my opinion, it's just giving them more tools. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what they're going to do back on their islands. You know, we know that they're going to go back in ministry, it could be in music, could be in children's ministry, could be preaching. Um, and I just want to give them that opportunity to use some skills learned here um, to work with the music. Because music is important in worship. You know, with strings that um, they use with guitars and ukuleles that are part of their own little culture, you trying to introduce as well the idea of brass, but not traditional brass. Yeah, this is brass. a, a Talk huge about goal of mine. Um, I don't know. I don't know how feasible this will be. Um, but I would love to see a brass group on Palau or a brass group in the Outer Islands. Um, I just think that'd be cool. Sunday morning, you wake up, it's almost church, and you hear this brass group playing on the island, yeah, calling people in. And that particular brass, as far as the actual physical instruments, are what's the material that, that you're looking to kind of introduce? Um, recently, there have been these um, plastic trumpets and plastic trombones being manufactured. I think with the rise of 3D printing, um, people are exploring all kinds of new uh, venues. And so there are now plastic trombones, plastic trumpets. I think I saw a plastic tuba the other day. Mm. Um, and so as these are more developed, I think they would be useful on the islands. You know, they, would, they could withstand a typhoon. Right. Um, they can withstand, and rust. you know, they, they won't rust at all. Um, they're not the same quality as regular brass instruments, but maybe one day. Yeah, we need to get a few of those out here. Yeah, I'm working on it. I <laughs> could play a cornet, a <laughs> plastic go. cornet. I'll be, uh, you get it. One's coming in, it. one's coming in. I'll let you I'm try it out. I'm doing it, I'm a part, man. <laughs> well, we look forward to utilizing both of those avenues. Let's talk about church for a minute, because you both have been involved in a variety of ways. Uh, talk about worship in relationship to music, Andrew, and then um, Bonnie, I want to talk about that in relation to education because we do have Sunday schools, we do have adult Bible fellowships, we have Bible studies, and the more they understand and the learning uh, um, and languages, the more they're able to understand certainly who Christ is. You know, we have a pretty conservative package we do here at Harvest, probably uh, a little more than what others would do. Uh, that doesn't mean it's any better per mm-hmm. se, but we do think biblically there's grounds for. When you, somebody asks you, we talked about worship and music, uh, what would you say to that, and how do you describe that? Um, my personal opinion is if the music helps in the worship, and it's not um, distracting in any way, then it is. it can be used for worship, can be used for, for ministering to others. Um, if we can use the, the sounds that we make with, you know, whatever instruments we're using, whether it's strings, brass, guitar, ukulele, piano, as long as those sounds are not detracting from the subject of the music, the words, the lyrics, you know, who we're singing about, who we're singing to, 
um, then those, you know, as long as we're within those bounds, you know, we can, we can try it. You know, it seems to me that when Paul identified um, a spirit-filled Christian, that the evidence is psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. All three of those categories seem to be in the New Testament church of those psalms that were literally text right out of what he, they would know as the Hebrew songbook. And, um, and those psalms that often we do sing and the um, uh, spiritual songs, the, the testimonies of those that are working in their heart and life, and the hymns that I, th- I think it was doctrine that was taught um, and it seems that the tune and the text always seem to match. And was it any different than it was back in Paul's day? It is. It is. It was as in the Middle Ages. Of There was no instruments being used, oh, yeah. and, and it's a different day. But people do identify certain sounds with different lifestyles and different groups. Yeah, and it's it's a very polarizing topic when you come to music and especially church church music. Um, I'm thankful that on island it's not as polarizing as some places in the States. Um, I know growing up my church was you know, even more conservative than where we are here. Not a bad thing, um, but I just know that there were that was a very hot topic. Um, yeah. What kind of music does your church use? What kind of instruments does your church use? And I'm just glad that here we are able to focus on um, the overall goal of worshiping together um, without um, putting up those types of roadblocks. Yeah, important. Bonnie, talk about um, how you're seeing the avenue of maybe literature, since that kind of seems to be your first passion and love. Have you found that to be a vehicle to be able to connect with people and help in what ultimately our call is? We've talked about education. We're called the disciple. You've been able to use education as a vehicle for that. Can you think of opportunities that you found in helping other people and related to maybe their interest with education or Eng- or English or literature? I mean, first it's helped me, my own passion and ability, because it it can be more of a natural talent for some to read and understand and relate to something written, whereas others might find... Um, find it more stale or um, something they can't relate to. So I think my own passion for it has helped me even in reading the Bible and in seeing um, things that are running across the Bible, themes, um, different key ideas, or you know, studying one passage, being able to pull together from what may seem like very different verses, um, the point, the goal. Um, so I've been using that in... In different teaching scenarios, uh, mostly with uh, the the kids who grow up on island or who grow up on surrounding islands and then come here with their families. Um, for the past several years, I've been working with a group of island kids on Wednesdays, and uh, we call our our little room where we teach the gospel room because we we just take them through the basics of the gospel, and um, it's a four week kind of rotation. They get four weeks in there before they cycle into Awana. And just, um, we, we kind of started that program without a, without clearly defined uh, parameters. We just had a goal that when kids came to harvest, you know, we wanted them to hear the gospel above anything else and before anything else, that that would be their foundation. So I think just 
you know, seeing that goal and then thinking through, okay, we've got the text of the Bible and what what key stories can we use, you know, relate those to elementary kids, relate those to first graders, and yet be able to bring out the big ideas of man's depravity and God's um, great graciousness and mercy and God's redemption of man. I mean, those are heavy topics that an elementary kid, you know, it would might go over his head in many ways, but then being able to simplify, I think, um, study of literature and the, the avenues of communication that I've developed are able to minister in that way. Um, in the classroom, it's been great because I can take iconic works of literature from American, American's history and Britain's history and just kind of lay bare the heart of man and man's rebellion against God. And we can look at, you know, different arguments or different values in stories, fictitious stories or poetry, and yet we can see the heart of man that we still see today. He wants what he wants. He's willing to sin to get it. And God is very graciously calling him to repent. So in class, out of class, um, yeah, I've been able to use literature, stories, the concept of stories, to be able to reach people who might not want to read them for themselves or who might not see what um, what lies underneath the surface of a story, mm-hmm. but to talk to them about man's sinfulness and God's uh, gift of redemption and forgiveness. I don't think I could say it any better there, Mr. <laughs> Very well said. Amen. You know, as you were talking, uh, as I wrap it up, because it's genuinely, I'm not sure I could say any better than that, but Romans 1 is the verse that came to my mind because Paul, a very educated man, went into a very educated part of the world, uh, which was Rome, um, and he said, uh, th- what is the power of God? He said, here's the power of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That's the power of God unto salvation. And he said, this is where the righteousness of God is. It's not about being spiritual. It's not about being educated. It's not about being intelligent. It's about having the righteousness of God. And it is revealed from faith to faith. And he said, this is what's written. The just will live by faith. And how we can take... Uh, stories, because I think stories is the medium of man's heart to hear truth and taking those stories, as you mentioned, whether fiction or otherwise, to help man see I have to admit my need. Um, and when I can admit that need, then I know I, I need something to help. And this is not just a something, but a someone. It's not about necessarily just the doctrine, but the doctrine is wrapped up in a person of Jesus Christ. He's the one that gives that to us. And uh, a few weeks out from the biggest day of the Christian uh, life is uh, the Resurrection Day that we celebrated a few weeks ago, uh, that it's a reminder. And I hope and pray for those listening uh, that if something touched their heart, your heart, I'd encourage you to come visit us at Harvest Baptist Church. Uh, We're here at 930 Sunday morning. We'd love to have you with us. Thank you to the Dungans. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time on KHMG 88.1 FM. Harvest Family Radio. As Pastor mentioned, we'd love to have you here Sunday morning beginning at 9.30 a.m. for children's programs and adult Bible fellowships at Harvest Baptist Church. Then at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning, our regular morning worship service, 6 p.m., our family Bible hour, all this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church. Thanks for listening to Harvest Time 